Don't be a mean Mr. Grinch for the holidays. Here's how you can make the most of the holiday season without breaking the bank. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I am also here with Miranda Marquit. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just great. So, holiday season. It's a chance for us to show how much we love each other in this world. We talked recently about um, uh, gift-giving, and gift-giving ties into this episode a little bit, too. We're going to talk about... um, how not to be a cheap holiday Grinch. Right. And that's something to think about. Um, I mean, we all know the classic tale of how the Grinch stole Christmas. And it's, you know, something to think about. We don't want to be that Grinchy guy or gal. Just don't. Uh, Well, what are we talking about first? We're we're really talking about spending, right? I mean, you know, (laughs) there's a lot to being a Grinch around Christmas. But I think we're just talking about the financial aspect today about you know, uh, or, or, or is there more? Yeah. So I think, I think really it's more about your attitude going into it because the problem that we run into is of course, uh, we have this consumerism issue and it's natural to want to kind of rebel against the materialism we see, but at the same time, uh, there's no reason to be rude and cheap about things. So it's this fine line that we walk because we do want to save money. We might want to be frugal and we may not want to get wrapped up in the materialism. But at the same time, what sort of attitude do you have as you're going in there? Are you withholding things just because you want to withhold things? And, and that's, I think, kind of the Grinchy aspect of it. I don't know what makes a Grinch to you. What's your version of a Grinch? Well, I mean, I think from the story, it's all about just it, the the attitude, um, like you said. And um, this this is supposed to be a time of year for whatever reason. Um, you know, the world has decided that at the end of the year, um, we think about each other more. Uh, we think about how we can uh, have a good place in this world a little bit. And uh, for some reason, a lot of that extends to the idea of blessing other people financially, whether it's with gifts or holiday bonuses. It's just a a tradition that we've sort of come upon uh, in in the Western world. Um, Of course, different societies have different things. You know, we're talking primarily in the United States, Western world, when the opposite of that attitude, I think, is where the idea of the Grinch comes from. How does how how do we reflect that? I mean, how how is a Grinch reflected in today's society? And I think a lot of it is just you know maybe it's uh, Ebenezer Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, or whether it's you know someone who just doesn't really feel the the spirit of the holidays, um, and you know perhaps that extends to their attitude towards other people. Uh, when it comes to being a part of this holiday tradition that we've uh, that we've that has grown around us, 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think part of making sure that we're not grinchy is making sure that we are generous. I mean, it's, of course, better to be generous year round. But, you know, this time of year, it's a good time to think about how we treat other people and kind of reflect it is the end of the year. We can reflect on ourselves and think about how we could do better. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity um, because it's it's just it's, it's around you and, and you know this is what you kind of have to do in order to be an adult in today's society. This is one of those things that you just kind of have to fit in. You, this, this is one of those things that you need to find how you fit into. It's surprising how much work it is if you've never kind of been an adult before and you're just realizing <laughs> that, wow, I have... I have responsibilities now to other people. You know, what are those responsibilities during the holidays and how do I approach it? So I think that's that's what we're really talking about today. Oh, definitely. And I think one of the things that a lot of people get tripped up on during the holiday season is the idea of tips and right. <laughs> tipping people. And of course, the tip debate is like something for a completely other day. But I think that's something we do need to bring up when it comes to being Grinchy is uh, the appropriateness of holiday tips. Yeah, the bottom line is that whether you agree with the concept of paying extra for a service, you know, that already has a price on it, or whether you disagree with that idea and think that, you know, if if people wanted to get paid more, they should price their services higher, or they should look for a better paying job if they, you know, rely on tips so much. Whether you feel that way or not, this is a society that we are in right now, and this is what you have to, um, you know, abide by or, uh, you know, live within if, if you want to be seen as somebody who uh, understands what society is. I, I you know, there, there are lots of benefits to, to, to fitting in. There are lots of benefits to, to being your own person and, you know, being an individual and taking your own approach to everything. But when it comes to certain social um, aspects, aspects of living in this world, you know, this is just one of those things that you have to play along with until Society decides to change its mind and we decide to be more like other countries where tips may not be kind of part of the package deal. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point about trying to find that fine line between, hey, I'm going to be myself and conforming to a certain degree. Because the bottom line is, is do you want to be seen as somebody with some modicum of social grace or do you want to just be seen as the spoiled whiny brat? So it, it just sort of depends, I guess. Being seen as a spoiled brat definitely has some drawbacks um, if, if you're looking to, you know, whether you're looking to just get ahead with your relationships and friendships or whether you're looking to be successful in business. I think it's, it's all part of the same thing and the same kind of social skills are required. Yeah, so what are some of the services that you should be tipping for? Because I think a lot of people are a little unsure of where where to draw the line and when to offer those extra holiday tips. So what are some of the services you should be tipping for as we move into the holiday season? Well, that's a good question. And I'm going to start off by talking about a service that I take advantage of, and that's that's a haircut. In fact, I just got one yesterday. Uh, it's probably hard to tell if you're looking at the video, but um, but yes, uh, I every couple of weeks I go to the local 
Um, it's, you know, it's not quite a salon, but it's not a barbershop either. It's, you know, it's, it's in between, but it's a local, it's a local company. It's not, you know, it's not a chain. It's, it's, it's a group that I like. So I go there every couple of weeks to get a haircut. It's just a basic service. I moved recently, but where I used to live, um, I had been pretty much, you know, seeing the same stylist for, uh, for more than a year. So in that case, you know, I have I'm a regular customer and it's a regular service provider. I see the same person. Um, and in that situation, it's appropriate to give a holiday gift. Last year, what I did was had Christmas cards and holiday cards. And I, uh, I wrote one, made it personal and include, included a tip. And the tip for me, I think, I think the general rule is, you know, if your service is say $30 for a haircut, which is a little high for a men's haircut, but it's kind of what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's whatever your, your, your price for an actual haircut is, you know, on top of your regular tip, um, you know, offer that same price. So if, if the regular price is 30 and say the tip is $5, so normally I pay $35, this time I would go in and I'd pay the 30, you know, it would be, I do it at the time that I get a haircut around the holidays. So it's the holiday season and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd pay for the regular $30 haircut. I'd pay for the tip on top of that, say five or $6 or something like that. And then I would provide an additional $30. Now for me, $30 would be a little low. So I think last year went a little higher. Um, just, just a small bit, just as, you know, just as a good gesture. Um, you know, I know how hard it is. I understand how hard it is to, to work in some of these service industries. I mean, they're, they're working pretty, pretty tough hours during the holidays too. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's basically what I did there. And there are some other services that I have once in a while. Um, you know, uh, last year I had a maid service come in and it's basically the same thing. You know, again, it was a service that I had every two weeks. And so for the holiday tip, you know, this was more of a corporate thing. So uh, I knew that these folks weren't as making as much money as they could make if they were on their own. So I kind of, I did a little more than what was expected. Um, uh, you know, also because in order to tip them, the check had to go to the company and then the company would, you know, b- distribute the, the tip based on who they know was providing the service. So I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing there. Yeah. And I think that you make a good point that really it's about who is providing you with regular services, whether it's your masseuse, whether your hairdresser, uh, the lady that does my nails. Um, I'm getting ready to go in. I'll be going in oh, just about a week or so and be getting, and have my nails done for the holidays. And I'll definitely be bringing the tip. A regular delivery guy, uh, my the guy that brings my milk delivery every week uh, from the dairy, I will be leaving a tip out for him as well so that when he deposits the milk delivery in my milk box, he'll have a tip in there that he can take home. So really, it's all about people who provide you with these extra services, these things. These Basically, they're people that take care of you throughout the year. And it's appropriate to sh- and, and adult behavior to show your appreciation. Yeah. Um, and one thing to keep in mind, too, is a lot of people uh, would be concerned that, well, I can afford the regular service, but, you know, I don't know if I can afford these tips. Um, and I'm, why that concerns me is that I think 
the best way to approach whether you can afford something or not is to look at the entire cost. Now, when a company advertises a service, it doesn't really tell you what the entire cost is. I mean, they're going to say, you know, sign up for a monthly massage service for, you know, um, you know, for $50 a month or something like that, or whatever it happens to be. And you say, well, okay, I can afford $50 a month. But when you, if you you need to expand and budget um, aggressively, um, you know, conservatively on the income side and aggressively on the expense side, because just because a service advertises itself as $50 a month, and you decide that that's, you know, that's the limit of what you can afford, you're going to end up paying more than you can afford if you want to continue those services. Because you have to keep in mind that there's all of this added in, including, you know, not just a tip for every time you use the service, but the holiday tip at the end, it has to be included in your budget. So yeah, the bottom line is, is if you can't afford a holiday tip at the end of the year, you can't afford the service. That That's my personal feeling on the matter. And think about that when you're making your holiday budget, because we talk about this all the time in the world of personal finance, when you're making your holiday budget, when you're saving up for that holiday budget, make sure that you consider the tips. I actually make a list of everybody that provides me with these services and everybody I need to tip because I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. And if I ever get to the point where I'm like, oh, I can't afford to tip somebody, then clearly I can't afford that service. Okay, so we've talked about delivery. We've talked about massage services. A lot of these things are luxuries, by the way. Oh, yeah. And that's and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. If you can't if you can't afford to tip somebody for this luxury that you don't need, you shouldn't be getting it. Right. Um, Generally, you don't need to tip people for uh, basic, uh, basic, you know, low level hierarchy kind of uh, services uh, that you may need. You don't need to tip uh, you know, when you go grocery shopping, you don't need to tip when you, uh, you know, pay your water bill or your rent bill. The, the tips come to play when you're going out to eat. The tips come into play when you're, you have a gardener, you know, for your house. Um, and when you have a nanny for your kids, are there, what other kinds of things do we want to make sure that is on this list? Right. So one of the things too, and you may not have this if you don't live in a big city or an apartment building that has one of these, but in some places there are, you know, actual doormen still Mm. door people. I don't know. People, people that get the door for you, people that manage the lobby of your apartment building. Those people generally need, uh, deserve a tip at the end of the year as well. And sometimes during the holiday season, the sort of services like if you use a sky cap or if you go out to eat like you were talking about, uh, just giving a little bit of extra holiday cheer kind of makes sense during the holiday season. You don't necessarily need to give as big a tip as you would somebody who provides you with regular services, but it is nice to just sort of spread the holiday cheer around a little bit when you're getting these extra services from people during this time of year. Okay, so it's not just, you know, providing a holiday bonus sort of tip for the people who provide you service on a regular basis, but it's during the season when you go out and have the opportunity to provide a normal tip, maybe it's a good time to go a little beyond what you might do just to, um, you know, appreciate 
people more more so during the holidays? I think so. Um, but that's just me personally. I don't think anybody's going to like come down on you and you're like, oh, I didn't tip the sky cap extra at the airport or, you know, oh, I didn't give 25% tip instead of a 20% tip at the restaurant. That's just something that, that I like to do because I think it's important to sort of pay it forward a little bit. And also just because it is, you know, this stressful time of year for everybody and nothing lightens the load a little bit more than just a little bit of extra cash. Yeah. I, have you ever encountered any situations where, you know, maybe a service provider um, is unhappy with the level of holiday tip? I personally have not. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, have you? I mean, <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking that, you know, there might be some cases where, uh, you know, you're wh- whatever you have to be doing, maybe you're out to eat and the waiter or waitress or server um, is, you know, expecting something a little more because it's the holidays or they or maybe they encourage it a little bit by by giving you a little bit of a story as they're providing their service that might encourage you to tip a little bit more. I don't know. I've never got that before. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I've I've never heard like like you hear these stories of people who are like, oh, I heard this poor waitress had like this terrible thing befall her, so I left an extra tip. I've never heard those sob stories, so I don't know whether I just am served by people that never have that <laughs> level of issue, or whether I'm a forbidding person who nobody wants to share with, or whether I I don't know. But I've never had those stories. I'd like to think I'd rise to the occasion, but <laughs> see. <laughs> well, you know, you, you never want to disappoint anybody, but also you don't want people to go in expecting to receive something you're not prepared to give. It's a fine line, but there are certain there are certain things definitely though that people should we should have high expectations of ourselves. So yeah, yeah, I agree. We talked a little bit about how you tip you know, amounts that you might give for regular services. But what about for people who you don't normally pay and you see on an occasional basis, like like delivery guys? You talked about milk delivery, but that's, you know, that's that's a service that you have a specific price that you pay. So you can kind of base a tip off of that. But how about, you know, your UPS delivery guy when you have the same uh, or woman when you have the same one on a regular basis? I think that that's appropriate uh, to give them a tip. I think that that's a nice thing to do. And how, do how do you determine how much it should be? Yeah, it's, usually it's just between 30 and $50, depending on where you live and how much they come to the door and how heavy the items are. Uh, my poor UPS guy, who usually comes to the door, uh, and usually has to drag a big old pantry box from Amazon. So, because, because <laughs> I use the prime pantry and that's how I get like all of my household cleaning supplies and my paper products and all of that. And it's a very heavy box. So I try to tip him because I feel bad. So I think it just sort of depends on, uh, how often you're having the services come to your home and how much work is put into it by the delivery guy. Yeah. Okay. So beyond the money, I like to also include, um, like a card or, or a note. And I've done that. Um, I've done that, uh, you know, for the past couple of years at least and figuring out what to say can be difficult, but you know, the way to approach this is to just write something personal. And as you, as you go throughout the year, you should be talking to these people, especially if you see them on a regular basis. Learn a little bit about them. Um, you know, I think 
I've when I was younger, I would always kind of like say I'm getting a haircut and I would just sit there and I'd be quiet. I wouldn't talk very much. I'm not I'm not a big talker. I'm not very outgoing. I'm not very social. But once you start seeing the same people week after week or month after month, um, it's good to open up a little bit about yourself and learn about the person that you see on a regular basis. And from there, it makes it a lot easier to come up with something personal to say when you're, when you're writing uh, a holiday note or, or a card. Um, and I think it really adds something pretty significant to just, you know, a check or, or, you know, some cash. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. I think that personal touch is very important important. And I usually include like, thank you for whatever service they provide. And I hope, you know, things go well for you in the new year or whatever. But I also, um, I also do try to um, make an effort to, like you said, talk to them a little bit, get to know them, uh, smile and say hi, because it is important to have that connection. We in our world so much with our cell phones and uh, being online, it is so easy to just sort of kind of not connect with the people around you and this sort of appreciation and knowing what to say that comes with practice and connecting with people yeah so we're talking about staying away from being a cheap holiday grinch it's it's more than just giving the tip it's about listening to other people um and making these connections you know a grinch doesn't make connections with other people that's not that's not who we want to be um, for the most part in in this world. Providing the holiday bonus or tip is you know great, but I think what makes people happy in the long run is is building these connections, even if they are somewhat superficial, because you're probably not going to go hang out with your delivery guy after work or something like that, and you're not going to you know be invited over for a holiday dinner or anything, but. Just being this positive force in the world adds to, um, you know, the joy that everybody has. Um, And it's something to extend beyond the holiday season, too. I mean, don't just be friendly because it's the holidays. Um, You know, the friendliness and the this this kind of approach to um, adult relationships, um, even the superficial ones, extends throughout the year. So, you know we get our chance during the holidays to um, focus on it a little bit, but it's something that we should be doing throughout. Definitely. Definitely. So then what happens as you know, you've tipped these people, these people that you sort of see on a semi-regular basis, but they're not really intimate in your life. They're not your closest friends or family. Uh, what happens now as we're starting to do holiday parties and with friends and family, how can you avoid being grinchy in those situations, because a lot of us have holiday parties. I know. Yeah, I know I've got some coming up. (laughs) So, so how do you avoid being a Grinch when it comes to this holiday party or when it comes to presents for friends and family? The gift giving uh, tradition kind of needs to change as, as we become adults. I mean, it was one thing to give lots of gifts to all of your friends when you were younger, but as adults, a, maybe we don't need so many materialistic things. And B, uh, there's a lot of people in our lives, um, especially for those of us with, with big families. So I think, you know, as we've discussed uh, earlier, 
I, one, one of the best things to do is to agree with your friends and family to take a different approach to holiday giving. Um, maybe do a uh, person-to-person gift exchange, a secret Santa, or you know some other kind of gift-giving game or experience that reduces the amount of money that one person needs to spend while still you know being in line with holiday traditions and in the spirit of the holidays. Yeah, definitely. And one of the other cool things you can do is, is I like this idea of changing up the way you think about your gift exchanges when you're talking about Secret Santa, drawing names. You know, another fun thing to do that I know a uh, family that I know does is they do all do it yourself. It has to be like a homemade Christmas present. So they, they celebrate Christmas and that's what they do is just everything you have to do is homemade. Everything you do for whoever it is you've drawn out of, they combine things, you know, for whoever it is you've drawn out of the, the hat for your gift exchange, you are responsible for doing a homemade gift. And I really think that that's kind of a fun way because it forces you to be creative. It forces you to give something from the heart and it forces you to really get into the holiday season of that connection, but without completely breaking the bank. Okay, so what what would some of these DIY holiday gifts be? For me, one of the things that I will probably do this year, um, at least for family, is you know a lot of my family has expressed that they uh, enjoy my photography, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are family, and they will tell me that. You um, have good photography <laughs> skills. I enjoy your photography. Oh, thank you. Um, so one of the things I might do, because it has been asked for, is you know make some prints and and frame them and send them along to my family. Um, you know, on some some of the photographs that they say that they've that 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 they've liked, because uh, I know uh, they know I know they'll appreciate it, and I know that um, it, it can be produced somewhat frugally. Um, you know, depends on how you how if you want to go all out with the framing and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but at least the printing of the photographs is 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 pretty frugal. Um, and it is DIY because I created the art myself. But what what other things would you might uh, suggest? So something that I've done in the past because I am not a terribly crafty person is uh, cookie like cookie recipe jar things. <laughs> It's what really, that? it's really descriptive, right? <laughs> so basically you order, you, you get an, a nice mason jar like that you would use for bottling fruit. You get a nice mason jar and you find a simple cookie recipe and you can find these online and we'll have resources on our page for some ideas for do it yourself, uh, do it yourself gifts that don't take a whole lot of craft skill because this is very important (laughs) because not all of us can do crafts and I'm one of those people. This is always very important to me. But with the cookie jar, you get the ingredients and you layer them in an attractive manner. So you have some of the flour layered a certain way, the brown sugar, the regular sugar, the chocolate chips, the oatmeal, whatever you're doing, it's layered in an attractive manner. So it looks pretty. And then you can decorate the jar and then it comes with, you know, then you put the recipe on it and it's, it's a fun gift. It's really simple. A lot of people really like it. Uh, it's also fun for me to put together uh, gift baskets so rather than buying a ready-made gift basket, you can make it yourself. If you, um, there's some great recipes out there for like caramel popcorn or white chocolate popcorn that you can make yourself and then put in a bag and you know put it with some other things. Um, so there's lots of cool kind of fun things to do. You notice that all of my do-it-yourself ideas are food-related because <laughs> I like food and this is the time of year. I make candies. Uh, well, yeah, so I make these little truffles. 
I can make truffles. Wow. So <laughs> it's not as hard as it sounds. And so there are lots of fun little things you can do that are food related. But even if you're not interested in giving food, there are some cute ideas uh, that you can do. My sister made little uh, needlepoint pillows for us all one year, and they're really pretty. And I still use mine as a, as a holiday decoration. And this year, my son asked if I would crochet him a scarf because he remembered I crocheted him one when he was like five or six and he loved it, but it's too small for him now. And so he asked if I could crochet him a new scarf. It's misshapen (laughs) because, (laughs) once again, not crafty, but it's something that's kind of fun. It's something that's personal and it's something that he enjoys. Well, if you need any Tom Baker scarf patterns, I think I, uh, I know where to find all of them. Uh, because uh, I know uh, I know your son likes Doctor Who, as do you. And yes. I think uh, <laughs> Doctor Who's scarf is iconic, you know. Uh, but but yeah, I think the point is that you're taking these whatever crafty skills you might have and and putting them to good use. Um, it's not only does it potentially save some money, um, but it uh, therefore it allows you to um, have a good. Uh, you know, have a good sense of your own finances while still being in the holiday spirit without being a Grinch. As long as the skills that you have are skills that are appropriate um, and are of at a level that is, you know, good enough to be a present, I guess you could say. And by the way, your, your uh, cookie recipe jars sound delicious. So you're going to have to sign me up for one of them. All right. I'll bring one out. (laughs) (laughs) Say you plan party, you know, you, you're planning a holiday party. Um, how can you do that? Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's go back to the parties. First of all, you said that <laughs> you're, you're juggling lots, lots of parties. So how, how do you juggle those? I think we might've talked about this in an earlier episode too. Right. I think it just depends on how much time you have and what's most important for you to go to. So uh, I ended up having to say no to one organization's Christmas party uh, just because the timing wasn't going to work out right. And uh, I felt bad about it, but I just said, hey, I won't be able to do it. Conflicting. I have conflicting engagements. And that was fine. But you do need to decide what's most important. Uh, The family party is probably more important than some get together with your friends, uh, especially if your family is like traveled far to come into town. Mm-hmm. So I think it, you just sort of have to sit down and say, what are my priorities here? And what are the most important relationships? And we hate to do that. We hate to be like, Hey, I'm going to rank your, you know, I'm going to rank you in my relationships. But sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to say, okay, which relationship is, you know, really has to be preserved <laughs> at this point. So, and, and sometimes, sometimes that relationship is your marriage relationship. <laughs> And if you have a partner who's like, I refuse to go to that holiday party, sometimes that is the relationship that you have to preserve. (laughs) So, yeah, that makes sense. But I think what you can do, though, is in situations like that, you can say, well, you know, I can't attend the party, but let's, you know, but here is something else that we can do together to show you that I appreciate, you know, this relationship and my time with you. And, you know, it is valued, even though I can't do a how about B? Um, you know, something that we can do together, you know, maybe a couple of weeks down the, down the road or something like that. Yeah. And I think one of the other fun things to do is put together a potluck because that way everybody brings something. Nobody is pressured to spend a lot of money and you can just hang out in a comfortable setting and enjoy being together. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that's a great way to kind of take 
a lot of the burden off yourself if you are hosting a party. I guess there are some cases where people who attend parties don't really want to put in the work and, you know, they just want to go and, and have fun and let the host take care of all the, all the stuff. But if you have a good group of people who are all um, gung-ho for a potluck, then I think that works out really well. So so now that we've got some good ideas here, how do we distill that? What are some of the do nows that we need to take care of before we get too far into the holiday season and before we find out that we've turned into a Grinch? Like you said earlier, something that you do is you make a list of, you know, the regular service providers that you see uh, on an occasional basis, whether it's once a week, once a month, whatever it happens to be. All of those service providers, you know, write down uh, who they are what you intend to tip them or, you know, uh, or what you want to say on the card or all that kind of stuff. Just make a list uh, of all of this uh, so that you you keep it organized and you don't miss anybody because you'll feel pretty bad if you, um, you know, get into January and you say, oh, my God, I missed so and so. I just didn't think of them. So this way, if you start making the list early, you can be sure you give yourself enough time to think of everybody you need to uh, address. That's right. And I think another good thing to do is go to the bank and get a bunch of cash (laughs) because because when you're giving out tips, it's all about that crisp new bill tucked into the card or, or whatever it is. And the nice thing about having a collection of maybe some tens and twenties fresh from the bank is that if you do find out that you missed somebody real quick, you can quickly remedy that situation because you have what you need on hand. Back to the lists again, um, you know, maybe making a list of, of things that you can do with your family and friends. Um, you know, one of the things around here that I like to do is when I get a chance, and I don't get to do this every year, um, but uh, go to Longwood Gardens, which is, um, you know, a little south of Philadelphia, which is a great thing that you could do um, over the holidays to kind of, it's a holiday type of thing because they have light displays and all that sort of things. And uh, uh, it, it's fun. Yes, now you're making me homesick for Philadelphia. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got my my notification that my membership to Longwood is about to expire. And so <laughs> I need to renew it. I'm like, well, I won't be. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's too bad. But that's a good point. And, and really having those lists, really the best thing you can do right now as far as getting your holiday ready is to actually sit down and think about it and get that list going. You'll feel more organized and you'll be less stressed in general this holiday season. Yeah. And if you wait until the last minute, like I do for a lot of things, you're going to find that the things that you want to do are more expensive than if you had planned in advance. Um, You know, waiting to the last minute always means that you're going to end up paying more somehow, whether it's to travel or whether it's to um, attend an event um, you always end up paying more uh, in the long run, even if even if the ticket price is the same, you end up paying more because you didn't plan ahead. So so take the time before it's too late. So here's today's listener question: um, What should I provide my postal carrier for the holidays? Because I've heard that you're not supposed to give cash. So what do you what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, so this is a tough one because you aren't supposed to give cash to your postal carrier. They're not allowed to take it. It smacks of bribery. What you can do is leave a small gift. I believe that the the gift value should be no more than $20. There's a limit on that. 
uh, by the USO, U.S. Postal Service. So you can do a small gift of $20. I find that a little, uh, there's also these fun, once again, going back to the food, but <laughs> I find <laughs> it's all about the food for me. Uh, I find one of the great things to do is they have these recipes for that people can make. It's like brownie in a mug or cake in a mug. And I find this is a great gift because it fits easily into a mailbox and it's really just kind of fun and different and it's a fun way for your postal carrier to know that you appreciate them. I I put a little card in the postal box attached to this wrapped mug and it's just kind of a fun thing to do and it fits the bill. Also, you also need to check with your city because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to tip the garbage person, the people that come and collect my garbage. Some cities don't allow that. So you need to make sure that you understand as far as those sort of civil services go, you need to understand what the policy is. Yeah. The last thing you want to do with your holiday gift, you you believe you're doing something nice, but you could end up getting somebody in trouble. And uh, both of us are fans of Emily Post when it comes to this kind of stuff. So you can always check that website, emilypost.com for for some great ideas in terms of, uh, you know, kind of what you're expected to do in the tipping world. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered all that we need to today about the uh, holiday Grinch elimination. Um, definitely don't want to be a Grinch for the holidays. And uh, I think if you take some of this advice, you will spread cheer and not disaster. So, yes. So join us soon for our next episode of Adulting. Um, and just check us out on adulting.tv and thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.